Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. And Odyssey Station. James Fegan. Yes, James. James Fegan's got some branding on his laptop. Making sure everybody knows that he's joined the Athletic. I can never get too much exposure. On Twitter at JR Fegan. I can anticipate this question. It's probably way too early, but excellent. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Asking the questions to get the answers you need. If you knew that Abreu was available to be the runner there, would you have gone to him instead of Hendrick? Yeah, if I'd known that, I didn't know that. I'd check the rule. I'm guessing you know the rules better. Now I know. James Fegan with Lawrence Holmes on 670. We get the opportunity to talk with James Fegan about the White Sox. The White Sox win the series against the Rays, which is great because it was looking like they were going to get swept on that road trip, but they did not get swept on the road trip. They have a day off today before they start a three-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And James joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. All right, Mr. Fegan, how important were those two wins in Tampa for this team? I guess staving off disaster is the name of the game. So I guess it's pretty vital in terms of the, the entire first two months have felt like kind of not making their record look as bad as uh, the degree to which they're underperforming. Like if you can stay around 500, you're kind of forever in range of getting hot and, uh, you know, having your true talent show and still being the place you want to be, or at least in the playoffs at the end of this. So getting out of a situation where you're looking at being five, six or 10 under by the time you get someone like Tim Anderson back. Yeah. That's, that's always vital. I think at this point though, We've heard enough about, um, you know, this is a momentum-shifting win uh, or this has really rallied together or we really needed this. Um, I, I don't think you really question the resolve of this team or their ability to kind of rally or not give up. It's more about, like, seeing the level of play, seeing the level of, you know, offensive uh, execution that, that needs to be on the level of the top teams. So, so it's, it's definitely good they rallied. 
definitely good. They have, you know, some clutch to them uh, with Jake Berger, you know, routinely coming out with big hits those last couple opportunities, but it, it's still uh, something you, it's a trend that you want to see uh, change for them. Not, I wasn't really questioning the metal of the team. How much do you put into run differential as a predictive stat? Um, a fair amount. I would say this team being two under with, you know, I want to say their run differential is like negative 50 or something like that. It's negative 56 that, right now. <laughs> so there you go. That is descriptive in the sense that I don't think it's, oh, this team is secretly 10 games under 500 bad because their strength right now is winning close games. They have, you know, people think of one-run games as kind of coin flip games and they're nine and, nine and six in those games. I think especially because that's the primary way they win games, you've seen them show the potential to have a slim lead with a very little offensive contribution and lock games down with, you know, Graveman and, and Hendricks at the end. That's the strength of the team at this point. That's something that, you know, they paid up to have the ability to do. So I don't say necessarily they're going to play down to the run differential at some point because that's just a given. But it does describe that this team doesn't have the ability to really easily um, um, win games or, you know, it puts them in a situation where they're having to measure out how much they use Graven and Hendricks and not just in every situation that would naturally call for them because they don't have any of those easy games where they run, win by eight, eight runs and, you know, Tanner Banks pitches the last three innings because they, they're in, in control and they need more of those games. And that, those type of games really show that they're regularly out-talenting um, the competition. Um, instead, you know, they're playing these hard-fought games all the time, uh, even when they're playing series against the Royals and stuff like that. I, I was thinking of, of, of asking you about this last week. when we I was trying to figure out, we, we had a discussion inside the, the hallways of the score about Luis Robert being on the active roster but not playing that first game back after coming off the COVID list. And then we really started to think about it here. It was me, Mike Rankin, Rick Camp. We were, we were talking about it. I, I look at the White Sox minor league system right now and the, the top of their minor league system. And, and I'm going, oh, they don't really have anyone that you would bring up to, to take his place until he did come off the COVID list. So I'm say all that, James, to ask you kind of a bigger picture question. Considering where I think the White Sox minor league system is, and if you disagree, you're more than welcome to say so, don't they now owe it to the major league product to really like dig hard over the next six weeks to figure out how to make this particular White Sox team a winner because there seems to be a gap between the guys that have graduated to the major leagues and the next group of guys that's going to help them. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the strength of the minor league system, you know, it, it being a weaker system, it was always kind of in their recent drafts. It's uh, maybe, you know, some of their international class of recent. It's in the bottom tier of the system. It's in a lot of – it's the reason why it's ranked lowly is that, you know, they don't have major league-ready talent. They don't have somebody who – uh, they don't have another top prospect in waiting who's going to become a core player any any minute. It, it's really kind of a wait-and-see mode for a lot of that. So, yeah, I, in terms of like people thinking, like, oh, this team isn't that good. Maybe they should be sellers at the deadline or something like that. Um, they don't, there's not really like a pivot from where they're at. Everything has been kind of pitched towards the major league team and all their resources are up there. Like, 
this is supposed to be a multi-year run with this specific group that's up here right now. So kind of kicking things down the road or, or pulling away. Yeah. I, I think they, they would need to be playing like the Royals. They need to be in last place or just like have no shot of it to, you know, shift the focus from right now. So I, I think you're right that everything should be contributed to right now because this, this is their window and as bad as it's going in a lot of respect right now, and it makes you kind of question things. I think as far as in season, it needs to continue to be all steam ahead because that's, that's a multi-year plan to get to this point um, to push all your resources here. And that, that's evidenced by the fact that it's not somebody in double A AA or triple A um, beyond maybe a few names that have made, uh, made themselves interesting this year to really take a place of a regular player. James Fegan of The Athletic joining me here on The Score as we talk about the White Sox. Dylan Cease in two of his last three starts has been uneven. Uh, the start against Boston, he gives up seven earned runs. The start against Tampa Bay, he gives up seven walks. What are the White Sox saying, and what what are you seeing happening to him in these last couple of starts where he struggled? Um, I mean, other than mechanical inconsistency, I would say, because uh, I mean, this, it seemed like he had gotten a little bit more, um, like it, it just kind of like out of whack in terms of fastball command, which is something that I think can still kind of happen to him, even with you know, some of the, a lot of the improvements and, uh, you know, streamlining of his delivery that's happened, but he's always going to be kind of a guy with maybe a tick below average command who's just throwing some of the nastiest stuff that you see in the league at you. And, you know, that's something that can fall out of whack for two, three starts at a time. Uh, you know, last thing I wrote about him is that he's throwing an even harder slider, um, than before, which was kind of hard to imagine. He, he touches 90 with it now, but he admitted that his strike throwing with it was not very good yet. Um, I think it's you know the level of movement that it has. If you're throwing a 90 mile an hour slider with near 3,000 RPM, you don't need pitch perfect command, and that's obviously the idea with him. But it, it still seems like he's kind of figuring out how to master it to the level that maybe he had uh, some of his slower breaking balls for a stretch now. But I, I think you're kind of going to see him wax and wane a little bit over the course of the season, just because that's the kind of pitcher he is. He's a, he's a big power guy, and, and hopefully he can get it around the plate enough to just be overwhelming. What's real about the offense that we've seen with the White Sox over the last couple of games? Um, Vaughn's real. <laughs> I, I think he's a guy who, uh, especially the way you see him, the way he's working counts right now reminds me of watching him in high A, where they're just like the opposing pitchers just didn't have anything that could put him away and he could stay alive and he could eventually get something that he handles and drives a lot and you know works middle to right field in the way that you know him and you know, every old school hitting guy who loves Vaughn to death, uh, we'll talk about. Um, I think Luis Robert is, has looked a little bit more. I don't think he's there yet as far as his max potential, because I think obviously Luis Robert at full board is hitting a lot of home runs. But I, I think the more he gets out from that, uh, you know, COVID, you know, scare that, that he's going to continue to be productive. And Jose Ray really looks like himself recently. But I think the, what you're, the, for this team to be as good as it can be, and, that's obviously one of the battles to face is that, well, you can make the argument that Jake Berger deserves more regular opportunities based on what he's doing or uh, Reese McGuire is hitting a bit better. But I, I think for this team to really hit the ceiling that they want to take a step forward from last year, that so relies on Yasmani Grandal or Yohan Mankata being as good as we know they've been in the past. So I think they kind of need to continue to commit at least to working them out of what they're in to some degree, even while trying to win games in the here and now and, and maybe giving some 
opportunities the guys who have played a bit better below them but it's it's a real tricky balance because the best version of the team has those guys uh you know hitting better than they are right now and they kind of need to find it in some way even while not falling too far below 500 without Tim Anderson with Yasmani Grandal like it, it hasn't just been the fact that he's hitting 160 it's also yesterday it, it's it's a fielding error and in the game before that it was a pass ball that he he should have had how do they go about giving him enough time to hopefully get back to just what he was doing the midway point of last year and and going he might be costing us games like i i understand that this is what at the time i think still right the the biggest free agent contract that, that the white Sox have given out it's not working for him and for for no reason i i don't, i'm not even sure what I, and I'm not sure what the White Sox do, James, with, with him, whether to let him play or to let him sit. Uh, I mean, he talked to Daryl Van Chow and then uh, the Sun-Times in Tampa and really kind of expanded upon something he had said to us uh, uh, at the start of the season was that he's expecting to get better the farther he gets out from surgery and that he's still kind of building up uh, to where he, he wants to be physically to, to hit balls. It, it seems like a somewhat – mirror of last season's process after the spring training knee injury of he, he's still not quite at the leg strength or the leg explosion that he wants to be to, to kind of hit for power that uh, that he knows he can. I think stuff like him not being the best defensive first baseman when he's rotated out there or him having more pass balls uh, than most catchers, that's kind of something that's in his track record. Um, I don't think like he's going to be a guy who probably frames better than he blocks or you know, keeps balls from going to the backstop. That's that's kind of the package that you signed up for. But uh, I, I think they have to be somewhat invested, at least on a half-time basis, with McGuire or continuing to get him some DH opportunities to get that out of him with the belief that if he gets physically right down the stretch that he's going to look like the way he's looked throughout his entire career uh, over 10 seasons. It's been hard. It's been brutal stretches, and it might be costing games. But I don't think that they're going to get as – Far with you know Reese McGuire playing more than half the time, or Carlos Perez coming up from AAA, than they would with Yasmani Grandal looking like Yasmani Grandal. And I, it's, it's obviously a very difficult process, but I don't. Everything is pitched towards contending now with the group that they have. They don't really have like a serious plan B here, um, at least not down the line with all these guys that they're kind of banking on with him, with AJ Pollock or uh, Yamankata or you know name any struggling White Sox player. Is there anything that you're specifically looking for inside of the, the White Sox Dodgers series or something you're excited about? Um, I think you want to see how Johnny Cueto plays against the Dodgers lineup, whether or not that's, uh, you know, his, his um, what he's pulling off the level of command he does works against an elite team. I think you're kind of always looking to see how they hang against an elite team or um, whether some of the things that have been successful, like Jake Berger or, you know, Danny Mendick hitting kind of well. Um, and could extended opportunities. If those are things that really hang up against playoff teams, because maybe you file that way in the back of your mind uh, when you have more players back, uh, are these guys who can actually help you? Or you know, when when push comes to shove, you need to give Tim Anderson. You need to give the guys that you rely on all those opportunities against elite teams down the stretch, because you know th- this is not really the talent level that will play uh, come playoff time. James, as always, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. That is James Fegan, he of The Athletic. Get yourself a subscription to The Athletic. It's great. And I believe if you're a student, they still have like a student deal. So get the student deal. If you got an EDU 
email address. And it'll be, no, I'll just get a regular one. But if you're a student, get a student one. Save yourself some money and get some great sports coverage. I'd like to spend, I know we spent a lot of time on today's show talking about the White Sox. I want to talk about the Cubs, but I want to talk about them in a very specific way. And I want to talk about them with you. The phone number, yes, Ray, we're going to take calls. The phone number is 312-644-6767. And before you pick up the phone, I want you to think about this question. What joy are you finding inside of this Cubs season? I've got a couple things that are on my list I will share with you. I look forward to your text and your phone calls. 312-644-6767 is the number. And when we come back, an ex-Cub helped a current Cub. I'll explain next on The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify has got you covered shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 
on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. It's time for the Cubs Minute. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Fly the W! Wrigleyville fans are awesome. Great food. It's, you know, it's tough to beat. Cubbies. The Cubs Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. It's game five of a five-game series between a couple of old rivals, the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals. Hayward hits the ground ball, left side, base hit. Corner around third, heading to the plate. Here comes the throw home, not in time. Hayward going to second. He's safe there. Cubs lead two to nothing. Men at second and third for St. Louis, two away, and the dangerous Nolan Arenado at the plate. He grounds one up the middle and through for a base hit. Edmund scores around third. Coming home is Goldschmidt, no throw. He will score. It's a brand new ball game. 2-2, Cubs and Cardinals, the 1-1. Line drive down the right field line. That's going to be a fair ball. Bouncing against the sidewall. Wisdom comes in to score. It's a double for P.J. Higgins. Cubs lead 3-2. And the 0-2 pitch. A looper into shallow center for a base hit. And that ties the game. A run-scoring single by Lars Newtbar. And this ball game is back to even. Tied at 3. And the 1-1. Line to center, a base hit. This is going to give the Cardinals the lead. Rounding third and scoring is Gorman. And St. Louis leads by a score of 4-3 to three in the 11th inning. Line drive down the right field line. Trouble, that's going to drive in a run. It's a base hit. Bader scores. Newtbar goes to third on a double by Donovan. And you can hear the Cardinal fans at Wrigley. It is now 5-3 St. Louis. And the Cardinals come from behind and beat the Cubs here at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I thought the Cubs had this one. I was watching this game. Once the the NBA game got less interesting, I was like, oh, let's, let's see if the Cubs can pull this out. And it looked like they had it. And then... You give up one in the ninth, two in the 11th, and you lose five to three. There was some good that came out of the game. Justin Steele, seven innings, seven hits, two runs, only one of them earned, three walks. Speaking of Justin Steele, and I promise I'm going to get to your phone calls in just a second. Justin Steele was very fastball dominant in yesterday's game and a lot of first ball fastball opportunities for him. The reason that he was is that John Lester had watched a couple of starts and told Rossi, you know what he should do? He should be trying to establish the fastball earlier in counts and be working on fastball command. Well, that's pretty cool to have someone like John Lester be able to scout what you're doing and say, this is how you can improve. And then... Justin Steele deserves a lot of credit for taking that advice and using it. Here's what Rossi said after the game about Justin Steele's start and his fastball command. He's kind of a, a four-seam slider guy, right? He's got the breaking ball. It's his, uh, two. I think the, the thing that stood out is just the location of him was a little more down, had some angle to it tonight. He's usually trying to go four-seam middle, and the misses have been non-competitive. So we made an adjustment trying to go in a little bit more, and I thought <clears throat> the fact that there's that many fastballs was – uh, a good job by him and Wilson of noticing there wasn't a lot of good swings, a lot of soft contact. wasn't um, you know, 
I think we can trick ourselves into going to other stuff because you feel like you've thrown too many of one pitch. And I thought they did a good job tonight of recognizing sticking with what's working. Like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thought process. And it seemed like tonight he didn't really have any rough innings. I mean, it was pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, really, really consistent. I think that has to do, again, with, like, Wilson setting up, targeting his intentions of where to throw the ball. Uh, the misses that are usually non-competitive were actually in the strike zone or a little bit up and away. Um, gets more swings on that. Um, yeah, just a... Just a very consistent Justin Steele. That's what, um, you know, that's what kind of what we've been, we know's in there. And um, he did a nice job tonight when we needed. We were really short in pitching, and he gave us a, a huge outing. A very big deal and a good outing for Justin Steele and for the Cubs, even though they didn't win the game. Now, look, I, you probably listened to the show in the last segment when I, I teased that we were going to do this topic. And I want you to know that I am not endorsing, like, the Cubs tearing it down and rebuilding. And I, I do have some big thoughts on a team that brings in the type of revenue that the Cubs do, that has the money. I I am leaning towards, hey, you should be trying to compete every year. So I want you to understand that that's where I'm coming from. But I do understand where they're at right now. And they're trying to build it back up. Everyone hates the term rebuild. I I think that it's it's a fair thing to say about what a franchise is trying to do. And quite honestly, the approach of being truthful about it and transparent about what it actually is, to me, is significant. That being said, there are a lot of little things. Like when you're watching this year's Cubs team, and right now they're fourth in the standings, they're behind the Pirates. So you're not really looking at necessarily wins or losses. A split with the Cardinals this weekend would have been fun. What I look at is, are you growing players that you expect to play a significant role in when hopefully your team is good, along with Wilson Contreras continuing to be really, really good? I look at at Christopher Morrell and the way that he started off his career and go, man, that's that's a pretty dope thing. And when last week when I, I asked Rossi about it, and, and he kind of said, hey, who are we to say what his path is? Maybe he's the next Mike Trout. And, of course, I, I turned a side eye to that because who else is uh, Mike Trout? Although Mike Trout is, what, in an 0 for 27 skid right now as the Angels have lost 11 in a row? Coincidence? Probably not. But yeah, I I sitting there listening to Rossi and I go, right, he's Mike Trout. But it's still fun to see him play with that level of enthusiasm. And as I've watched over the last couple of weeks, like that's been one of the things that I've been watching for. I I watch for Wilson Contreras and I'm watching to see some of these like F Ross to me is fascinating. Justin Steele is a fascinating player and how do you go about developing him there's a lot of stuff in there even though the overall is not very sexy right now so I thought that we could talk about that maybe it's something that that's it's caught your attention too. some of these younger players that are succeeding for the Cubs 312-644-6767 is the number 
Ray, I'm supposed to take a caller named Roach. Is that correct? All right. Hello, Roach. You're on the score. Hey, what's up, Lawrence? Yeah, just uh, to comment a little bit on what you were talking about. Yeah, you know, before the season started, I had a very low expectation, mostly because you were going to have guys like Andrew Simmons playing short who can't hit if his life depended on it. And you have like 30-year-old rookies in the corner infield. But now you're starting to see a little bit of the young guys uh, at the major league level, particularly the pitching, like you mentioned, Steele, Thompson, Killian, uh, Swarmer. You know, if one of these guys turns out to be anything near to an ace material, then you start cooking with gas. You start to see a little bit of a form to the team, uh, something that I really didn't see before the season started. So I'm finding myself enjoying this season a little bit more than like 2018, uh, which is odd to say because, again, we suck. But you're starting to see these young guys uh, perform a little bit. And there's a different type of joy that comes with like a rebuild year and seeing guys develop um, versus, you know, like I'm sure you guys are going through it with the Sox. Seeing guys, uh, seeing the team that is supposed to be a World Series contender sort of struggle, um, there's a different, you know, there's a different kind of joy and different kind of frustration that goes with the two. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm finding myself enjoying this season a lot more than I thought uh, before the season started. I appreciate the phone call. Don't judge a book by its name. If its name is Roach, it's a very good phone call. Justin Steele and, and Keegan Thompson are really interesting. I'm intrigued by Thompson. Because that's one of those guys where you go, ooh, what is he? What, what is he? Is, is he someone that you're going to put in your rotation long term? Or is he an eighth inning guy? And seeing how they try to figure out that is fascinating to me. Same thing with, with Justin Steele. I think Justin Steele has got some stuff and if he if he gets a little bit better command especially fastball command he could be a problem for teams but yeah looking at these younger players i i appreciate you all trying to make lemonade lemonade is a popular drink and it still is and you're out here trying to make lemonade with this And that's good, but that doesn't mean that you can't still hold the organization to a higher standard. I guess we're making a delineation between rooting for the young players that are on the roster and even guys like Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel, but understanding that you're trying to get to a different place if you're a Cub fan. Let's go to William on the south side. Hey, William, you're on the score. Hey, Lawrence, how you doing today? I'm good. What's on your mind? Well, I feel neutral about this team because even though they're not admitting it's a rebuild, I know for sure it's a rebuild. I see a lot of these players being sold for better time. I think Will Sell just died on us. But I got his point. I, I think neutral is probably where a lot of Cubs fans are. And that's because you're dealing with the kind of the negative feelings of is my team doing everything to try and win a championship this year versus, okay, I see that there might be a couple of pieces that could be a part of a winning team. Like you, you're more involved with watching a player like Nico Horner and some of the progress that he's made this season as a defender and a hitter. I think it's a big deal that he's playing shortstop. That they're looking at this as 
here's an opportunity to figure out some development for a player. We're going to let him play shortstop even though we bought, brought Anderson Simmons in to play shortstop. Now I'll go over there and play second base because you're not our future. You're just kind of holding a place. And then Nick Madrigal came back and, you know, you know how I feel about Nicky two times, but whatevs. Tim's out in Flossmore. Hey, Tim, you're on the score. How's it going, man? Things are good. What's up? Oh, yeah. Listen, I was watching the Cubs games the other day. I've been a Cubs, game, Cubs fan forever, but I stopped being a Cubs fan because of things that went on with Madden and FN and all that. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, I was just watching the Cubs, and uh, they just constantly shoot themselves in the foot. So, basically, the Cubs are not going anywhere. I don't know why everybody has high hopes on nothing and nobody. Uh, they shouldn't have never hired uh, Ross as a manager. And uh, somebody's got in Ricketts here and told him that, hey, you don't have to play anybody or buy anybody or hire anybody. You'll make a lot of money. That's all I have to say. I, I'm not sure what – was that caller's name, Roach, too? No, I'm not sure what – he's not happy. I get not being happy with things. I okay. I I asked for phone calls and damn it I got some. Most of them were good though. That's a step in the right direction. Can, I don't have a lot of time to to talk about this, but I'd like to take at least a couple of minutes to discuss it. I, Draymond Green should have been kicked out of the game last night, right? I heard them discussing it on the broadcast where. Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy were discussing with the official on the, on the set, I forget who it is, about the idea of not, even though the situation with Jalen Brown and Draymond Green probably called for a double technical, that they didn't call the double technical because it would have been Draymond's second technical and he would have been disqualified from the game. And I feel like, I am someone that does look into like, well, it doesn't have to be like strict letter of the law, but there maybe should be some interpretation. I felt like they was trying real hard to keep Draymond in the game. And look, if I were official, an official, Draymond's ass would get run. Because he never stops. He never, and I know that it's part of his thing, and I think it's partially what makes him so great. Like, there's a lot of A.J. Pruszynski in Draymond Green. So I I can appreciate it. I can appreciate that that's his thing, that he's out there doing the thing. And last night, I think the thing worked. Whether it was Grant Williams or Jalen Brown, those guys got out of sorts. But they they should have kicked him out of the game last night, right? You were watching it. he He gave him the shove. Yes! He started the whole thing like he tripped over Jalen Brown, but but the shove was very clear. Yes, there's no way to get around that. And we all know that he's been known to kick people in the ding ding. Like he, you know, Draymond is an echo of the whistle type dude for sure. But the way that he talks to officials, when you watch Game Three. Just watch his interactions with officials. 
you know how sometimes like you'll see a guy get mad. Like you'll see LeBron, for example, like get mad and be like, "Man, that was a terrible call." And then and then he'll be like, "All right, next time, you know, uh, pat the pat the ref on the butt and then keep it moving." Demar Derozan on the Bulls. Sometimes they would let him and Zach would sometimes let the ball go back down the other way because they're arguing with officials, but it isn't constant. Like, Draymond is constantly berating officials, and they seem to give him extra room. And and I, I didn't understand last night, while after being berated and getting a technical, when the opportunity came for them to get him up out of there, they didn't take the opportunity. It was double technical was right there for him, and they didn't take it. It's unbelievable. This text said he's Pat Bev to the 10th power. Oh, yeah. There's no one. And the rock means no one. There's no one better at this particular skill than Draymond. Chris Paul's close. But even Chris Paul, like Chris Paul does the, like the politician way of talking to officials. He's looking to get the next call for the next time he kicks someone in the ding ding. Because he's known to kick people in the ding ding and punch them in the ding ding. He does it a lot. But I'm telling you, in game three, just watch Draymond and the officials. Like, just watch that part of it. Man, I'd have him running out of here. And if you're thinking about doing some betting on game three or the NBA finals, I would suggest that you check out what's going on with all the folks over on on the BetQL side of our company, especially what Trista Crick is doing. She's going to go live tomorrow at 4 p.m., our time to break down the finals. You don't want to miss it. Trista's takes on all things. Maybe she can get you right when it comes to betting on this series. So you can check her out tomorrow at 4 p.m., and the only way to listen is on the Odyssey app. But yeah, man. This texture says he reminds me of Rodman. No, it's no, it's not that. It is he is like it is constant. I don't there's not another player that does that. It's I don't know how the officials put up with it. I really don't. Take a break. Back to this in the score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. On Saturday, I went over to Chief O'Neill's on the northwest side because they were honoring my guy, Dan Roan. Channel 9 had put together a bash, and it was was wild because you see, like, so many people that work in sports, especially, like, sports television. So you see, like, all the – I ran into Shiverini and was talking with a bunch of people at Channel 9 that – my guy Mike Lowe, Patrick Elwood, shout out to Patrick. I know he he listens to the show and I appreciate that. Talk with Barry Cronin. I saw Brian Hanley. Man, I haven't seen Brian Hanley in probably five years. He looks great. And I was so happy to see him. He was probably like, why are you smiling? I was like, I was just happy to see you. But I gotta tell you, the number one, the number one guy. On my list. And, you know, my guy Ben Bradley was there. And I was hanging out with him. He like, screamed out my name as I walked in the room like I was Norm for, from Cheers. I'm like, geez, could you take it down like a half a notch? But I look up as I'm walking into the bar. And I see a man with a familiar gait and a black golf cap and a pair of shorts. And I said, that can only be one person. And that one person was Barry Rosner. And let me tell you that running into Barry Rosner, I only got to talk to him for literally 30 seconds. But running into Barry Rosner put me in such a good mood. I know it's my birthday, but if you're on Twitter, you should say what's up to the Roz because guess what? It'll make you feel better too. Shout out to Barry. Congratulations to Dan Rome. I'll talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. 
a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.